Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stemming Forward. This is Chris coming to you again. And last episode, we talked about how graduate school has helped us develop and strengthen our transferable skills. And that was a good episode, okay? Now, today, we want to address the many questions we get about how we do what we do. How do we get through graduate school? How do we keep going and maintaining? This episode, we want to talk about how to find strength and encouragement during the graduate school journey, what you can do to stay focused on the objective, which is finishing and earning your much-deserved degree. So, y'all, what's the most important thing our listeners need to be sure to do if they're pursuing an advanced degree right now? I would say that the most important thing is to be real, be open, be authentic, be honest with all of those that are around you, both near and far. And what I mean by that is you want to be honest and open with your advisor. So your advisor is typically a faculty member who guides you during your degree process. They are the person who supervises your research, who may pay you if you're not on an external fellowship. Your mentor, on the other hand, is someone who pours into you on a personal level and someone that you build trust with. And you can have different mentors for different reasons. So you may have one for life, you may have one just for professional experiences, and you want to be honest with these people about your directions as far as what you want to do after graduation, or you want to be honest with them about struggles that you may be facing. Another group of people you would want to be honest with are your families and friends. Honestly, you're going to spend a lot of time in lab, and if you haven't done it, or if people that you are close to have not done it or don't know people who have done it, it's hard for them to understand that you're spending so much time in a place and you're not talking to them as much or you're not available for trips like you used to be. And so you end up having to develop a home away from home. And so you want to be open and honest with those people. Another aspect would be your significant other. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, Carla, <laughs> because... I want you to speak to them about how easy or difficult it was in graduate school to maintain your relationship. Well, honestly, just like any relationship that you would have with a spouse, um, someone you consider a significant other, or even your close friends, your parents even, all of those need work. You have to give your time and efforts. You have to pour into them. They are something that daily requires some input from you in order for you to reap some benefit that you would like to see. So the one thing you must do is have an open line of communication. I know that that can seem hard and daunting, but the simple things really add up to be the major things. So communicating about what's going on in your graduate school life day to day, that changes. Communicate what you may need to do on the next day, the following week, month, so that your career gets pushed forward, but also you have that support from your significant other. Another thing that I personally did was I made sure that I would get up early enough, go in to lab, go to class, and when I returned home, I had nothing left to do. I checked my graduate school life at the door, and then I entered my home life when I got home. I really think it's important that we kind of set those boundaries up because without them, we allow home and school to flip-flop. 
And as Dee talked about last episode, work-life harmony. Harmony means that things need to ebb and flow. So if you are always bringing work home and you never separate the two, you will have less and less time for your significant other, for the two of you to enjoy each other. And this will translate as you move out of graduate school into your career. You're going to bring these bad habits with you. They're not just going to go away. And for me, unlike Carla, I don't have family here. I'm not married. And so it's easy to bring work home for me. It's easy to be thinking about lab. Like she said, it's important to have some sort of boundaries that exist because if not, you could potentially drive yourself crazy. Having a community away from home has been really big for me. So my sorors, members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, they have been super helpful. Aside from my sorority, my church family has been super instrumental. Faith is something that's really big for me. I have to bring that with me wherever I go. It's also super duper important to have self-care or days where you just recharge. Mm. Yeah, so... Let's talk about these self-care recharge days. You know, it's looked down upon when we decide, like, I need some time for myself. But in reality, if you never take that time for yourself, if you're always putting it that thought of time for me, pushing it out past tomorrow, next week, you're going to find yourself in a never-ending cycle of burnout. So what I like to do is self-care days. So I'm also a mom. And we all need a break. Parents in general, you need a break. And so I try to take self-care, maybe mornings. So if it's a weekend morning or Sunday morning, I decide I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to pamper myself. I don't want to hear, see, talk to anyone. Yes, that could be a little impractical. But when I set out for this, I'm doing it with me in mind. That may mean waking up a little bit early to get it done. But without those breaks to recharge, I would have nothing. So Chris, could you maybe break down what self-care really looks like? So firstly, let me say self-care, the two words, is an implication of what it is, care of self. And like Carla said, that could mean taking a bath and taking time out to take care of yourself. Be with yourself, one with yourself, without taking care of somebody else or considering someone else above yourself. Um, So that could be taking a whole day or a few hours where you don't talk to anyone, you don't accept phone calls, you don't do any work. This could be where you're reconnecting with activities that have brought you joy in the past and you realize, hey, I haven't done that in a while. So you do that, whether that's journaling or you start writing again, poetry or um, you're reading, whether that's nonfiction or um, it's a history book or whatever you enjoy um, doing art, drawing or just sleeping or watching Netflix, chilling with yourself. Um, I think we really think that we have to just go. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, I can't do this. I have to go here. I have to go there. And you never take the time to just sit with yourself and be. Does that make sense? Like, am I? Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. Like, you have to be intentional. Like, you you want to even block it off on your calendar. 
So you know that you have a dedicated time that you are just there and present with yourself. You put everything else on your calendar. If I were to open my calendar right now, I would see a ton of different things. But is there anything where I can just breathe for a second, have a little bit of time to myself? For me, coming to graduate school, I learned that I enjoy exercising. And that has been my outlet. That's how I recharge. It makes me feel much better. I even got to the point where I would do it before I went to lab so that my energy could just be through the roof when I got there. And we don't want to leave out meditating and just taking some self-reflection time. What we really want to help you understand is that even 10 to 15 minutes a day of time for yourself to do something that you want to do uninterrupted by others is also self-care. So saying no to things that do not further your career is okay and necessary. That is another form of self-care. You definitely want to protect all aspects of your time. Definitely, because if you're giving so much of your time and energy and attention to other people and their needs, you're neglecting yourself in the process. Hmm. And not only are you doing yourself an injustice, you're also taking what you need for graduate school and to get through graduate school, you're taking that away too. So if we haven't reiterated this enough, I'm going to reiterate it again. It's like graduate school requires so much resilience from you. And if you're constantly giving yourself and your energy and your time and your attention to all these different things, all these different people and what they need and considering them over yourself and your priorities, you're going to find that your time, your graduate school experience will be altered. So for me, I was so busy trying to give to people that were essentially just taking, but weren't giving back to me, right? And so me doing that had my focus off. And I didn't realize how bad it was until my mentor came to me and told me, hey, um, you know, I feel like you're distracted. You're not focused like you used to be. And I'm like, wow, I, I thought I was able to balance everything. I thought, like Dee said, there was harmony. But then him telling me that he could tell that I was distracted and I wasn't focused and I wasn't managing my time and my project obligations and my life was basically taking over what I came here to do, it made me get real with myself. Like, okay, Chris, no, this cannot continue. This cannot go on. Whatever is distracting you, whoever is distracting you and taking from you and draining you, essentially, they have to go. And so that also led to me evaluating my mental and emotional health. And it's so important in graduate school for you to really take time to strengthen those aspects. Um, because again, it is a really, really long journey in graduate school. And we're going to get deeper into the importance of mental and emotional well-being um, when we sit down with two mental health professionals and talk about this. But graduate school can be very draining. Right. I mean, we don't even talk about like the high frequency of depression and anxiety that occurs among graduate students. And because you don't see it, it doesn't look like it's prevalent. It actually gets labeled as functional depression and anxiety, where you're not happy about something, 
you're no longer excited about whatever it may be in your life. It could be something that is in your graduate school life or it could be something that is in your non-professional life. And when you start to suppress those emotions, those thoughts, those feelings, you slip into something called functional depression or anxiety. Really hard to pinpoint, but it's there and it starts to actually tank your productivity. And honestly, I feel like we downplay a lot of that. And sometimes we think we're the only people that are going through something or going through that sort of thing. And so we decide not to talk about it. I know specifically in the African-American community, there's a stigma, a huge stigma surrounding therapy and mental health. And honestly, if you don't seek an environment where you can vent, whether that be therapy or a safe space or a group of individuals that you can truly talk to that can pour into you while you're releasing all of the frustration, all of the anxiety, all of that depression, you can honestly drive yourself insane. And that's so true to have not only someone that you feel or a few people that you feel comfortable with, but that also feeds into the establishment of a a strong support system. So in the beginning, we mentioned how meeting each other helped us get through. So that's so important to have a group of people, whether it's three to four people or someone within your professional setting or your professional network that you can call and just vent to or be like, yo, I had a rough day or I need help trying to figure out how I can move about or move through this situation. What do you all suggest? How did you all get through it? And just having the opportunity and the freedom to talk about it without being judged or feeling like you have to monitor what you have to say around these people. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes we forget that there can be many different support systems. Having different groups of support systems for different things may be beneficial. There are times where, yes, you want to lay everything out and there's always a few people that you do that with, but there may be different aspects of your life bothering you and finding a group of people or one person that can help you deal with that one aspect might be better than you unleashing and rehashing all of the things that you might be going through at one time. Definitely. You need positive and additive relationships, meaning you give to these people and they give to you in return. You don't have time for leeches. People that constantly take 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 and never have time or energy to give back to you you don't need any additional stressors okay because first of all you don't have time for that second of all life in itself can be stressful then you have graduate school and your obligations research obligations requirements to not only make it through your program, but to graduate, to get your degree. So it's important for your connections and your relationships, both platonic and romantic, to be healthy and reciprocal. Reciprocal meaning I'm growing, you're growing in some way. I'm encouraging you, you're encouraging me in some way. I'm elevating. Okay, you elevating it in some way too. Like we both need to be pursuing something of importance or something significant you know, like growing together in order for us to be connected. So we're going to discuss this, this and other things, including dating in graduate school in future episodes. So stay tuned for that.
So y'all, we're out of time and we have officially finished chapter two. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. So to follow this movement, you can find us on the following platforms, Facebook by searching for Stemming Forward, LinkedIn at Stemming Forward, or you can follow us on Instagram at Stemming underscore forward. If you have any questions about Stemming Forward, about this particular episode, or you want to be involved in any way, please contact us at stemmingforward at gmail.com. And I'm going to end with this. Don't let anyone rob you of your imagination, your creativity, or your curiosity. It's your place in the world. It's your life. Go on and do all you can with it and make it the life you want to live. Dr. Macy Jemison. Thank y'all for listening. And remember, we are stemming forward together.